Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Now, last week, we got a little bit interrupted at the end of the episode because I ended up having to go for meetings, and I did not get to finish my episode. So it is the same day as I was recording that episode, but it is about four hours later. And you know what? I thought instead of coming back and continuing on with the same episode, I would make this a two-parter, a part two of the episodes talking about how I plan out my life to guarantee success. So where I left off, I'm not 100% sure, but I have a pretty good idea of where I left off. I will jump in in a moment, but I just want to kind of tell you guys what happened. So I had about an hour and a half until I needed to go for my meeting. And I thought, you know what? I am going to bang out this one podcast episode. It'll probably take me about 45 minutes to an hour to do. I just get it done. And then when I go to Jamaica, I don't have to worry about anything. And it's, it's all done in advance. Well, after I think an hour of recorded time, which is, you know, well over an hour of preparation and getting everything. I looked down at my phone and it was like 10 minutes until I'm supposed to meet a colleague of mine for lunch. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. I finished the episode really quickly. I kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger there and then quickly got dressed and and ran out the door or, or at least grabbed my stuff and ran out the door. Luckily, it was close by my house, so I didn't need to travel too, too far. But it was great. He's a CPA. He's an accountant that I work with with a lot of my clients. And so we had probably a three-hour lunch, drank a bottle of Malbec, ate a ton of steak. It was a great lunch and just kind of just caught up on things as he's in Panama right now and then just got a chance to talk about a lot of business and really plan out with him for 2023 how we can help each other and grow our businesses and things like this. So it's another actual piece of the puzzle on what I do every single year. Either at the end of the year or the first week or two of January, I make sure to always have different calls with obviously my clients to plan out the year ahead, but with all of my partners as well. We can kind of look back at the previous year, what we did together, how we can scale things, what worked, what didn't work, how we can help more people go through it. All of the ideas and a lot of those brainstormings can happen in sessions like this. And there's no better time than, you know, as the year is 
was completing or going into the new year to try to plan that out. So I had a three-hour nice lunch with him. He's a great guy. Actually, if you guys are looking for a good American CPA or if you are a non-American person and you're looking at setting up a business in the U.S. and doing your banking in the U.S., which can work really well for the right people, it can, if it's done correctly, have no tax obligations to the U.S. So anyways, if you go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash CPA, you can book a paid call with him and learn more about these things. And the nice thing is you pay him for an hour of his time or half an hour of his time. And if you end up going through with his services, either hiring him as accountant or setting up the business entity and doing the banking for you, then he just credits that amount back to the work product. So you actually have nothing to lose. But we do these types of things just to make sure that there's no tire kickers or time wasters. I think you guys know that I'm pretty serious about these things and I'm really interested in working with motivated people. And the best way to tell if someone is motivated is if they're willing to slap down their credit card and actually put money where their mouth is. So if you are a motivated person and you need a new accountant or you need to deal with any of the tax planning or offshore taxes, or you are a non-American person and want to set up businesses in the US, then you can go to expatmoneyshow.com forward slash CPA. He's fantastic. He will really take care of you. And I do a ton of work with this guy. So that should help. Okay, diving into part two of the episode. I believe where I left off, I was telling you more about the membership site, about the hub, and what is going on with that. I I won't rehash any of that, but I think I'll just kind of jump right back into my list of things that I want to accomplish in 2023 and break down my mindset on how I plan on accomplishing these. So the next thing, I just, I kind of made some bullet points here. The next thing on my list is write 300 newsletters. So my newsletter is the very simple one that I do. It's my plain text email newsletter, and I send it from newsletter at mikelthorup.com. So if you guys are subscribed, do you get any of my work? You can always search for that at newsletter at mikelthorpe.com in your inbox if you've opted in. Sometimes they go in different folders, but definitely put it to the front of the pile. I try to do really quality things. I don't spend a lot of time, actually I spend zero time on the branding, and I don't spend any time on formatting or any of those types of things. I sit down, I hammer these out. Sometimes there's spelling mistakes, sometimes there's grammar errors, but that's just what it is. As a dyslexic, it's very easy for me to make mistakes, and I've always been a speed to market type of guy. I want to get the information out there and I've got a lot of things on the go. So I don't spend hours and hours crafting these emails. I usually spend about 20 minutes. I write it all out. I proofread it once or twice. If it looks good, I push send. So a lot of these are in real time, but I think that that's the best way to do it. And considering that we have so many people on the email newsletter and I get so many great comments from people, I think I must be doing something right on this. So actually, if you go to expat money.com, you will see that you can get one of my special reports, whether that be the 19 international strategies to grow and protect your wealth abroad, or the second one is called instant passports and second residencies or something like that. And we did a special report on that. You'll find those at expatmoney.com. Choose one of those, put in your name and email address. You'll be auto-subscribed to the newsletter. And on there, I just talk about building my business and what's working now in the industry and all the insights and the gossip and things that come across my desk and opportunities. And there's lots of fun stuff in there. But just understand that you might see a spelling mistake here and there. And I don't have my logo plastered everywhere. I just want to get the information out and I don't really care about any of that. So anyways, my goal is 300 newsletters out 
to the list in 2023. I think that that is a very easy thing to do, a very easy amount to do. I'm sure that I probably hit that last year or even more. So when you subscribe to this, understand it is a daily newsletter. I try to do as close to daily as possible. I usually take weekends off, but if possible, I will do Monday to Friday every single week. And then sometimes if we have a big webinar going out, you know, maybe I'll email twice in that day or three times in that day to make sure that everybody knows about it. And, you know, it hasn't gone to the spam folder or the promotions tab or something like that, that you're getting the information and that you'll show up for the webinar. But it is a great newsletter and I always get good feedback from it. So I hope that you guys check that out. Next, I promised you that I wanted to talk a little bit about Chinese. It's another one of the language. I'm not going to go into the language learning abilities by any means because we already discussed that in, well, I guess technically now last week's episode. For me, it's the same day, but for you, it's probably a week's difference. So I have studied Chinese on and off for probably, I want to say 15 years. Now, I would not describe myself as fluent in Chinese by any means, but I do have a good ear for it and my vocabulary is pretty good. Speaking is very challenging for me. The tonality is very, very hard, but understanding is pretty good because my wife speaks to my daughter only in Mandarin Chinese. Chinese. And because my mother and father-in-law don't speak any English, only Mandarin Chinese as well, I've spent years listening to it. And it's very in context. It's very situational. So it's a lot of things like the restaurants and going back and family types of things. Now, if you tried to send me to a bank or to a hospital or something, I probably would be completely lost. But in normal family, everyday things, I can understand most conversations and what's going on. And I definitely have pattern recognition with the words and the phrases and can understand the differences in tones and everything like that. I can also read pinging as well. So I can read the Latin alphabet of Chinese language, which is really, really cool. And I can always make my Chinese friends laugh because I can read quite fluently. However, I have no idea what the majority of the things say. So, you know, of course I can pick out certain words, but my pronunciation is quite good. Now, I got interested in Chinese many, many years ago, as I was talking about before, about my interest in the history of China. Once again, for everybody listening, I am not supporting the CPP. I am a libertarian. I am freedom-minded. I see a very big difference between the governments and the people. I love the people of China. I love my wife's family. I've had fantastic experiences there. I am not in support of communism by any means. I am a libertarian. Please, when you listen to this, do not send me hate mail because I've fucking got this several times before and it always makes me bang my head against the wall on how people do not understand this. But I will just quickly say that again. Now, I think that Chinese and studying Chinese is really beneficial. And I think that as the world evolves and we're seeing rising superpowers, obviously it makes quite a bit of sense that China is going to be that rising hegemon. Like it, hate it, doesn't really matter. It's a reality. It's something that you need to deal with. And for me, I always thought it made a lot of sense to make sure that my children are prepared for this. So as I said, my wife only speaks to my kids in Mandarin Chinese, and my daughter is fluent, like native level in Chinese. We also made sure when we were looking at a third language, we were very purposeful about the language. It's one of the reasons we left the Middle East, because I didn't think that Arabic was going to give her a huge advantage in her life. As a third language, I thought that Spanish 
would be a lot better opportunity for her. Now her Spanish is really fluent. She does amazing in Spanish. She can roll her R's and everything, things that I can't do. And her accent is so bang on. I'm super proud of her at six years old. And then the fourth language for my daughter is Russian. So we teach her Russian through cartoons and the tablet and things like this. We get private tutors for her. We go to cultural events here in Panama and everything is in Russian. And then she takes her piano lessons from a Russian teacher who only speaks to her in Russian as well. So I'm really looking at rising hegemons in the world and what's going to be good, not just for me and my life, but for my family as well. You know, this is the human capital that I am trying to grow in my family. And with that, help everyone in my life, everyone in my family to really flourish. And, the, and obviously that comes down to my children as well. So that is one of the reasons that I am so bullish on Chinese because of what I see happening in the world. Another side note for you is we're getting another home in Turkey right now. And I think it would be really fantastic to study the Turkish language as well. First of all, Turkey is one of my favorite countries in the world. I've been there five times now and always had a fantastic experience. We want to start spending more time in that part of the world. I will not become a tax resident there, God forbid, but having a place there and using that as a hub to explore a lot of the region and learning a bit of the language and really establishing a base over there, I think is going to be fantastic as things go forwards because we are seeing that Turkey is becoming a rising hegemon as well. They are a world superpower and they're rebuilding the Ottoman Empire. If you really follow a lot of the geopolitics and what's happening with Turkey, they're growing like crazy. So when we have connections to China and Latin America and obviously North America because the business and then Turkey, and then my kids speaking Russian, and I have a lot of Russian friends as well. You know, it spreads us out. Oh, and Brazil. I mean, we're very bullish on what's happening in Brazil too. My son is a Brazilian citizen. We just bought another home in Brazil. We've basically got a call option on residency and citizenship there whenever we want to actuate that. So there's tons of options for Brazil too. So I look at a lot of these types of planning when I'm doing my own internationalization for me and my family. These are some of the bigger trends that I'm looking at. And maybe I'm early, like maybe I'm a decade too early on these things, but I'm very much a forward thinking type of person. And I wanna be prepared in all of these situations as well. Next, I wanted to discuss with you some of the countries that I want to go to. Now, my overall goal during my life is to visit every single country on planet Earth. So there's 193 countries recognized by the United Nations. So that is kind of the first list that I start with. But then on top of that, there are a ton of overseas territories, crown dependents, just different other countries that are not countries type of situations. So that kind of can add, you know, an extra 50 to 60 to 100 quote unquote countries, really depending on how you qualify things. So really the first number is 193 and then it goes on from that. Last time I counted, I had been to 105 countries, but then I went to a bunch more countries. So I haven't really been paying attention, but I'm at about 110, maybe just over 110 countries now, somewhere around that. So in 2023, I would like to do a lot of traveling and I'm going to tell you some of the places that I plan on going. Some of these are new countries for me. Some of them are second or third visits. Some of them are like not even 10th business. I'm going to have to go back to the UK. I think I've probably been to London. Oh God, at least 15, maybe 20 times. I have no idea. Over the last 25 years or 23 years, I've probably been there at least 20 times. So 
I have to do one, possibly two trips there this year. So it's not a new country for me, but it is travel in 2023. So straight off the bat, I am going to Jamaica. We leave day after tomorrow, tomorrow, day after tomorrow, something like that. And I go there for eight days with my wife, which we were talking about in the last episode. That's going to be a ton of fun. I'm really excited for that. Just kind of relax, do a ton of reading, do a ton of writing and really map out the year. Then I'm back in Panama for two weeks. And then we go to Dominican Republic with the kids and with my mother and we bring the nanny and everything like that. So on that one, we're flying commercial, but on some of the other trips, I think I'm going to be flying private out there because as you get going and you start growing your family, it can actually make more sense economically to fly private. But I think on, no, definitely on this one, we're flying commercial. But it's such a short trip that, and it's a direct flight, it's fine. I've got Uruguay, so that's going to be October, November with the clients. I was talking about that for the trips. That will be people who are private clients, First of all, they get priority above everybody else. And then it will be all of the members of the hub, which we were talking about before. And then I'm doing a trip. Actually, these are not really in order. So these are kind of all over the place. But then we're doing Jersey, Guernsey, and Sark. So we'll fly into London where I'll pick everybody up. We'll go out for a nice dinner in London. I've got some friends there I want to visit and some other clients who live out there who will join us for dinner. And then we'll go down to the Channel Islands and we'll do a week there, traveling through the islands, going to the trust companies, visiting the banks, precious metal vaults, uh, looking at real estate, basically conference stuff in the morning and field trips in the afternoon. Once again, this is only for clients and members of the hub. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then my wife will be joining us for that trip, just like she did for Uruguay last year. And then we were talking about going to Scotland after that. So I think this is going to be a September trip. So the weather should be still very, very nice in Scotland. And then I was thinking about going to Island of Man as well, because I've never been there before. So I thought that would be pretty cool too. So we'll get to see quite a few different countries or overseas dependents or crown territories, these types of places. Might not all fit within the 193, but definitely the larger list of countries. And then we went to Aruba at the beginning of 2022. I thought I would finish out the ABC countries. So we'll also go to Bonaire and Curaçao in 2023. That might be with the kids. That might be just my wife. It wouldn't be just me. I'm sure I will go with at least someone from my family, but we'll see how that goes. We also have friends of ours who he's a hedge fund manager in New York and his wife is from Taiwan. So we talked about going there with them. They also have some young kids. So maybe we'll take our two families out there there and all of us go out. So that could be good fun. My wife and I want to do hiking in Bolivia this year. I want to see what Bolivia is like. That's a new country for me. So I'm going to go and check that out. We did Peru in 2022 with my wife for her birthday, and we went hiking to see Machu Picchu. That was kind of her birthday present, and that was a lot of fun. I wouldn't put Peru as an expat destination. I found the socialism absolutely rampant there, which was... Muy feo. It was disgusting. It was awful. But the natural beauty in Peru was amazing. So I'm kind of hoping to see Bolivia really some amazing natural beauty in the mountains, but I'm hoping the socialism and that aspect of things is not as prominent. Although I kind of have this sinking feeling it might be. What else is on the list? So we'll make another trip to Turkey as I have to finalize the purchase of a house out there. So that's going to be good. We thought while we're in Turkey, we might pop over to Saudi Arabia. I have a lawyer friend of mine who used to work for the Saudi royal family. So she said she could hook me up with quite a few people over there. And because I lived in the UAE for so many years, I've always really wanted to see what Saudi Arabia was like. And up until recently, it was completely closed to tourists if 
if you were a non-Muslim. But now they have opened things up and non-Muslims can go into the country. So I just want to go and check it out. It kind of falls within these random countries that are really closed off to the world that I just think are really, really fascinating. Once again, not a bastion of freedom. I'm not claiming it as a bastion of freedom. I'm not even claiming it's a good expat destination. I just think it would be fun to see and to go and look at. Like, I've traveled pretty extensively in Iran. I've been to North Korea. I've traveled all over Africa and been to some really random places out there in the world. They don't have a lot of work value for me, but it does on a personal level, and it definitely ticks the box of a sovereign nation that I get to visit. So while we're in Turkey, we'll probably pop over to Saudi Arabia. Last time I was in Turkey, we all I went to Lebanon, which was a really interesting experience. I got right up to the border with Syria, but I didn't get a chance to go into Syria. So we might try to go over there as well. And then my wife has been to Jordan, but I've never been to Jordan. So I would like to see that as well. So if we don't do all of that on this trip, at least after I buy the house or the condo, in Turkey, then I can use this as a jumping off point to see other countries in the Middle East and kind of fill in the gaps. I've been to the majority of the countries in the Middle East, but there's still a couple of countries that I'm missing on my list. So I want to tick those off one by one. And then we're going to go to Cayman Islands. I still need to finalize this trip, but I have a friend of mine. He's 75 years old. He lives in Cayman and he's invited me out to come and visit him, me and the family. His health is not the greatest, he said, so I would really like to make it out there to see him and go and visit the Cayman Islands. This is an interesting one, as I was saying about flying private, because there's no direct flights where I've never been able to find a direct flight to Panama, it might actually make more sense for us to charter an airplane and fly out there as a group. So you can get six-seater airplanes and fly out there for a reasonable price, especially if you consider what it would cost business class to fly six people out to a different country. And it's not direct and you have to make like another jump to somewhere else through a hub country, you know, that can really add up. So we'd like to go out to Cayman Islands and visit there and visit my friend. He's very well connected in the banking and the immigration sector. So I think that that would be a good opportunity to add another country to the list for my private clients of places that I can really help people with. So that should be a good fun experience in 2023. And it's always been one country that I've wanted to see and explore more. And then the last one on my list is going out to Georgia. That's the country, not the state. A friend of mine has his birthday out there in August of 2023. So he's going to be holding a big party and he's always got some conference stuff he does. So I'm going to go out there and visit him. He invited me out and then he'll probably have me speak at his event and things like that. I was supposed to go in 2022 and get this, his birthday party was supposed to be in Ukraine, but then, and we were fully committed to going, and then obviously all of this stuff happened with the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, that that got canceled. Actually, he moved it to Germany, but I've been to Germany like 30 times, so I wasn't overly excited to go back to Germany. But I thought Ukraine would have been interesting. Obviously, there will be a bit of a pause on that right now. And hopefully peace ensues in that country and we can start visiting there. But Georgia should be an interesting country to go and visit. And I'm looking forward to that. So those are the main countries that I have planned for 2023. In 2022, I did Aruba, Peru, Uruguay twice, Brazil, Argentina, Turkey twice, Lebanon, Cyprus, North Cyprus. I was in Italy there was more countries. I'm sure I'm missing at least one or two, but there was quite a few countries in 2022. And I traditionally travel a lot 
you know, during COVID, I slowed down a little bit. I did not stop. A lot of people stopped traveling, but not me. I wanted to continue going out there and exploring the world as best I could. And now that things are completely open, we're going to make the most of this because who knows what these psychopaths have in store for us. And they're probably going to try to lock down the world again. And who knows, maybe it will be 10 times worse than last time. And they're going to have even more mandates and more restrictions on us. So you better get out there. And if you want to travel and explore, you better do it now because really who knows what's going to happen. I certainly don't want to look back at my life with any type of regrets. I want to be out there doing the things that I love, traveling, spending time with my friends and my family and my clients, drinking nice wine, eating nice food, all of the good things in my life. As far as I'm concerned, I got one life to live. I want to do it the best possible. I want to enjoy myself and make a difference and help as many people as possible. And travel for me is just the absolute most rewarding experience, especially now with kids. Like that is just a whole new level. Like traveling with the kids is just an absolutely, it just takes things to the next level. So I absolutely love it. So next on the list of things that I would like to accomplish is getting interviewed. So I always get interviewed quite a few times every single year, but I'm, I'm very purposeful about it. I don't know if people realize, but I've been interviewed, I want to say between 150 and 200 times over the last seven years on different news outlets and radio shows and podcasts and blogs and summits and all of these types of things. Maybe you even came to my list or my podcast by hearing me first on someone else's podcast, and that's how you discovered me. So I always found that this was an excellent way to connect with people. You know, I want people to know who I am. You know, all of my clients, they understand my story. They understand who I am as a person, and you should know by now either you like me or you don't like me, or if our philosophies align with one another. You know, I... I I don't want to hold back on any of these types of mediums. I would never want to accept money from someone. They start working with me and then we have like radically different views on the world or anything like that. Like I want people to know who I am first and foremost. And the best way I have found to do that is to get interviewed on other programs. And then I really cherry pick the coolest, the best people from those audience. And they come and follow me back to my podcast and then start consuming a lot of my work. And that's how most people find out about me. Now, I've done paid ads and I've done SEO and I've done video ads and PPC and many things like that to acquire leads for my business. But to be honest with you, most of it sucks because there's so little that can be said in such a short ad. I would rather do an hour podcast episode with someone and them hear my story and you know what I went through education and my travel background and my experience and how I look at the world. And if that makes sense, if we are aligned, then go back and see the content that I do and learn more about me. But I, I don't hold back on any of those types of interviews. And I'm sure that I piss a lot of people off on them. And that's good. That's exactly what I want to do. And that's good because I don't want a bunch of Marxist or commies on my newsletter or listening to my podcast. If you are a hardcore socialist, you know what? To be honest with you, just to be super, super blunt, you're not really welcome here. This podcast and all of the work that I do is really driven towards people who are looking for freedom. If you are a freedom seeker, then my work is going to make a lot of sense for you. I truly believe in going on to 23 years of doing this, that the best vehicle for freedom is being an expat in the offshore market. I've not even seen anything that even remotely comes close. When people start looking about rehashing the government in the domestic and nothing else even comes close 
to doing what the offshore and being an expat has. So for me, this is the absolute best vehicle towards freedom, and I am always trying to help people with that. That's what my work is about. My work is not just about moving to another country. Moving to another country is the vehicle to get you closer to freedom. And I've said this many times on the podcast, but it is always worth repeating. It's also why it makes sense that I do episodes on privacy, on 3D printed guns, on free private cities or charter cities, on taxation, on immigration, on business structures, on entrepreneurship, on investing in economics and geopolitics. Why I'm able to do so many different types of episodes is because it all falls under the umbrella of freedom. And I am not a philosophical libertarian. Like if you tried to sit me down for a debate on libertarian thought and libertarian philosophy and why things should be a certain way, I would probably get my butt kicked. I don't spend my entire day just trying to think about these things. My business, my work, and everything that I am driven towards is results-orientated. I am always trying to move the ball downfield to actually have more freedom in our lives today. That's what it's about. So I consider my work the practical side of libertarian thought and philosophy, not the theoretical aspect of libertarianism. And I don't care at all about the political structure or the left-right divide, which side of the aisle you sit on or anything like that. For me, libertarianism is my North Star. It is who I am. It is my moral compass. It is the do all you say you will do and do not crouch on other people or their property. The non-aggression principle, that is my North North Star. That is not a political ideology. That's a way of living. And for me, I am doing the practical side of libertarian values by making sure that we are legally reducing taxation everywhere we can. We're living in a country which is not aggressive and abusive to other countries, where we're not supporting these types of behaviors, where we have a lot more privacy. And I really push personal responsibility. I am such a proponent for personal responsibility, you know, which is kind of the sister idea or ideology to the non-aggression principle. So all of these things, I hope it definitely makes sense for you. I want to make sure that anybody who is coming to listen to my work understands where I stand on all of these matters. And for me, the best way has been to get interviewed on other podcasts and for their people to come and listen to this podcast or join my email newsletter. So my goal in 2023 is to get interviewed an additional 50 times. Now, it's been pretty easy to get interviewed because I would like to think that I do a very good interview. So people can look at my body of work and know that I will be an entertaining guest. I would like to think that I am also very well-spoken and articulate. I would like to think that listening to me is entertaining and fun. I try to present ideas in a exciting manner. I try to tell stories and anecdotes and I don't want it to ever be dry by any means. Like if you are falling asleep or, or find my podcast boring, then I have failed miserably. Like I want my stuff to be really exciting. And I think that that's the best way to learn you know, stories, anecdotes, examples, case studies, anything like that. So basically when I do a podcast episode and I'm interviewed on someone else's show, it's just story after story after story after story. You know, a lot of them are from my own life. A lot of them are from clients' lives, obviously without infringing on their rights to privacy or anything like that, but just kind of using their stories without names or anything that would identify them really just as, as teaching examples. And I think the teaching through stories is the absolute best way to do it. So if you guys are actually interested, you can probably search my name and find me on many different podcasts. Like I was on the Tom Woods show this year. I've been on, I think, most libertarian podcasts at least once. Some of them 
two times, some of them five times. And that's why it will be very easy for me to get interviewed another 50 times in 2023. And who knows, maybe even more. I think this year in 2022, I got interviewed about 40, 45 times within a three-month period because I went on this huge binge of episodes with different podcasts and people were looking for good guests. So they kept referring me to other ones and I just went a bit crazy. So I got interviewed just a ton of times and I'm sure that in 2023 that will happen again. Continuing on, so we've got a summit planned out for the end of 2023. I believe it will be in October this year. 2022's version was in November, and that was a massive success, by the way. It was really, really fantastic. We had Dr. Ron Paul as a speaker. We had my friend Doug Casey. We had Jim Rogers speak. And then a ton of the lawyers and accountants and real estate developers and people that I worked with on there. So the feedback was fantastic. We got like, I think probably close to a thousand inquiries after or during and after the summit. So some people got answered very quick. Other people, it took probably a week to hear back from anyone. But it was just an absolute madhouse because the response was fantastic. We had over 7,000 attendees there. Most people watched like a good amount of the presentations. Like I had people who said they just Netflix binge watched everything, eight hours a day, five days straight, all of the content. So you can imagine how many things that they learned during that week. And it was great. You know, we put on the conference. Well, it was free to attend. Certainly wasn't free to put on. It cost me a couple hundred thousand dollars to put on the summit, but it was well worth it. And I definitely know that we helped a lot of people and it gets subsidized by a lot of the people who upgraded to the Founders Edition ticket, which was fantastic. They really are the one that should be thanked for believing in the work that we do and believing in the conference and paying for those larger price tickets. You know, I put a ton of bonuses in it, so it's definitely a give and take, and it was good value for them. But a massive thank you to all my founders, ticket holders. You know, we sold out pretty much all of the tickets on that, which was fantastic, and that really helped pay for the summit and means that we can do it again in 2023, which is fantastic. You know, we did 7,000 people this year at the summit. Let's see, maybe in 2023, we'll do 10,000. Maybe we'll do 15,000. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll just keep growing and growing and growing. But I'm sure it's the largest offshore conference in the world. And it was my first conference doing it under this brand. I've done them before on another company's brand for a business that I used to run. But this is the first time I ever did it through my own branding. And I had full control over it. And and it was just spectacular. I just had so much fun. Very tiring extraordinarily tiring after that. I really wanted to take a week off afterwards, but actually I had to keep going straight on work because I had so much client work to do. But now I get to rest in Jamaica. So that's it. I think we will call it there. Those are the majority of the things from my list. We covered all of the trips we're going to be doing. We covered how I read, my methodology for setting goals, how I plan out my New Year's resolutions. We talked all about the language programs. We talked about the marketing and the content that we're going to be creating in 2023, all the blog articles and webinars and YouTube and podcast and magazine and summit and all of the newsletters and everything that will go into 2023. So all the content and the body of work that we research and put out for free. We talked a little bit about the private clients and what that looks like and the founders. And then we discussed the membership site, which is launching super, super, super soon. I am super excited about this one. This one is actually going to blow your mind. 
Definitely, you need to take this seriously when it comes out. You need to take a close look at it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to have so many extra benefits and bonuses for anybody who becomes a Pang member of that. And then we discussed some of the trips that I am taking with my private clients and the members this year and all of the reading. I don't know. We discussed too many things to go back over right now as a recap. But definitely, if you missed part one of this, then you need to go back and listen to that because that will make everything have a lot more context. <laughs> a much deeper understanding of what I've been talking about this episode. So go back to part one, listen to that, then come back and re-listen to this episode because things will make more sense that. That's it. Have a wonderful New Year's. You guys are awesome. I am so happy to have met so many of you in 2022, and I am so looking forward to meeting so many more of you in 2023. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the new YouTube channel at expatmoneyshow.com forward slash YouTube. Subscribe to the newsletter if you go to expatmoney.com. There's also the webinars. You'll get information about the upcoming summit on there. And then watch out for any information about the membership site at expatmoney.com. That's it. Have a great day. Love you all. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.